Somebody shout out, I have no reason to fear. Come on, Jesus is your life. Thank you, players. Thank you, all you guys. Thank you for anointed singing. Anointed singing. Amen. Let's turn to the book of John, chapter 3. I know I don't have this in the list, Danielle, but I'm supposed to have a text. So I chose this one. John chapter 3, verse number 16. Claudette, is that you? No. It's good to see you. Been a few years. I'm well. To all of our guests, we welcome you in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for coming. It is our prayer today that you receive everything that the Lord wants to give you. And if you'll open your heart and your mind, it will happen. The Lord already told us tongues and interpretation, His love for us. He has His eye upon you. He is in love with you. 
You are everything to him. He shed his blood on Calvary for you. You were on his mind when he hung on that cross. Oh, yes, you were. He knew you before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. He knew everything that would ever happen to you, everything you would ever face, everything you'll ever go through. He already knows. And he has brought you here today to tell you that he is in love with you. He wants to bless you, help you, strengthen you. John chapter 3, verse number 16, a verse that all of us certainly can quote, probably next to Psalms 23, the most quoted verse in the Word of God. For God so loved the world, everybody say the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to talk to us for a few minutes today by the help of the Holy Ghost on the progression of God's love and how He came here today to seek you out. And it is His desire before you leave that you and Him get to know one another intimately in His Spirit by His power. Let's put our Bibles down. Pastor's not going to minister very long today. And so I need you to pay attention from the very start. I'm just going to walk us through a little path of God and then show you why He's in this place right now. and Why already three times His glory has come across this congregation for you to feel Him experience Him, and ultimately get to know Him. God, we thank You for Your Word. I ask that You touch my mind and my heart. I submit myself to You. I pray, Lord, that Your divine will be done in this place. I ask, sweet Holy Spirit, that You would descend upon every individual that's in this building. Lord, that you would touch them with your love and your compassion. There is no condemnation here, only the love of God. He has come to redeem and set free. Father, we are thankful to you for your blood shed on Calvary. I pray, touch every heart and every mind. And somehow, let us leave here today understanding that you are in love with us. We ask for you, Lord. We need you, your touch, and your power. Can you say amen? If you love the Lord, will you clap your hands to him? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Can you tell him that for a moment? Tell him, I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. <laughs> Come on, let him hear it from your lips. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We find such 
an incredible description in the book of Genesis in the first chapter. We see an omnipotent, omniscient God coming forth out of darkness, if you please, coming forth out of eternity of nothingness. He steps out upon the scene and the Word of the Lord tells you and I that He begins His creation. We find throughout the first chapter of the book of Genesis that He creates the heavens and the earth, the sun, the moon, flings the stars into their place, tells the oceans to stay at their shores, reaches in with his hands, grabs the earth and pulls up the mountains, takes his fingers and scoops out the valleys, and the Lord puts together this place that you and I call home. From the earth rises up the animals that walk upon this place this planet today from the oceans he calls forth from the minerals the fishes and from the air he speaks into existence the fowl but then we find something very special and very intimate beginning to take place you see God did not speak you and I into existence but the Bible tells us he formed us from the dust of the ground now we weren't there and the Word of God doesn't give the detail, but you and I can certainly let our imagination kind of feel with, be filled with the glory of this event. As the Lord stoops down upon the ground and scoops together some dirt, just some old dirt, some old mud, and brings it together. And the Bible says that man was formed and created in the image of God. And then the Lord breathed into man and man became a living soul. My God. Woo! I know I say, I say it over and over and the first time that you know someone comes down to the altar and they lift their hands and they're filled with God's glory you can see the change of their countenance you can, you can feel the power of God rest upon them you can see an instant change in their life all of a sudden this glow comes about them and, and they begin to realize that this eternal God whom they never knew so intimately uh, has entered into them and they feel his love and his power they feel his forgiveness uh, and then possibly even healing and deliverance and, and so many things it is an unbelievable incredible uh, awesome powerful experience uh, when God breathes into you But I am here to tell you today that there was never a moment in the history of the annals of time that was greater than the moment when God breathed into Adam and Adam took his first breath and when Adam's eyes opened up and God was looking there it wasn't Adam that was excited it I'm telling you something went through from the top if you can do that if you please from the top of God's head to the soles of God's feet I want to tell you when that first man came out God was in love when 
when that first breath was taken, God was in love. With all that is in him, his ability to experience emotions and thrill and love and ecstasy and all of these things. To this day, the angels look into it and can't understand it. See, they were just spoken to existence. Let there be Gabriel. Let there be Michael. Let there be, there's another one. Gabriel, Michael. Oh, he fell. Lucifer. <laughs> Sorry about that, old buddy, but we don't think about you much. Let there be Lucifer. Poof. The light of God, the Bible says, he covers the throne and his glory sits there. He just spoke them into existence. But when he created you, he formed every cell. He put together every crevice. My, my, my. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't this way, but I could just go to that place where Elijah, Elijah, where the Bible says they covered the body of that individual, that, that young man that had died until warmth came into that body. Another place, Paul did it, where a young man that fell, I could see God just hovering over that image he made, breathing into him, and life coming out, and the excitement of I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I don't know what it was, and I can't really explain it, but I do know that he obviously was unable to receive from the angels what he wanted and what he was looking for. He couldn't get from the animals. He, he couldn't get from the, from the lustrous stars that he had created and the galaxies that he had flung into existence and the beauty of this universe. He could not receive from them what he was looking for and what he was desiring. And so God began to understand if I'm going to have companion, it's going to come, it's going to have to come from out of me. It's going to have to be something greater than a spoken word creation. But I'm going to have to form something that is in my image. Can I tell you today, when the Bible says God created you in the image of God, He wasn't just talking about your two arms and your two legs and your little head and your pretty little eyes and your nice little formed lips. He wasn't just talking about this body. And I know it's prophetic pointing to Jesus Christ, but it was so much more than that. You were created in His image. You were the only being in the universe that had the ability to love him back. Oh, I wish you'd get a hold of that. I wish you'd understand why God is here. That's what brought him here. That's why he did the Because only you can love him back.
Nothing else can touch him. Nothing else can love him. Nothing else can praise and glorify him like you can. When you open your mouth, he listens. When you move your hand, he watches. When you make a movement, he's there. He hears your every breath. He listens to every word. He knows every thought. You mean everything to him. Come on, let's love him. Let's love him. Let's praise him. We were created in his image. Can you see Adam? For the first time, I'm going to be God. Come here, you bug me all the time, Robert. Come here. I want you to lay down. I'm going to torment you. And the more you call me, the more I'm going to use you. All kinds of horrible examples. I'm just kidding. Not really. That's not how he had his arms. He had his arms like this. Don't you know anything? Put your feet together, son. Quit smiling. You're not even alive yet. The Bible says God hovered over Adam. And I don't know just how he did it. But somehow he breathed the breath of life into him. And Adam's eyes opened up. And Adam shut up. And Adam began to look around at this crazy creation that was going on. I don't know if God had manifested himself in some form of theophany at that time. But I can tell you, whether Adam could see him or not, God was dancing about him. God was shouting about him. God was excited. And I'm here to tell you, when you came through that door, God began to shout. God began to dance. Woo! He got up to his feet. He began to walk around. Woo! That's how God sees you here today. He's in love with you. He breathed in you. And he wants you to love him back. He wants you to love him back. He needs your love. Be seated. Jesus. Jesus.
Voilà. Ah. Let's take a moment to praise him right now. Will you do that? Just praise him. Come on, he wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your voice. Somebody shout, I love you, Jesus. Shout, I love you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, come on, there's something here right now, come on, God's trying to do a work, let's let God do his work. Oh, he just wants to hear you whisper it to him. I love you, Jesus. He just wants to see you lift your hands. I want to tell you. I want to tell you, God. God was nuts about Adam. He's nuts about Adam. Loved him. You ever have a you ever have a crush in high school? Let's go further back. How about elementary? I was in the second grade when I fell in love. It was real. I love that little girl. Now, baby, if you would have been in my second grade class, it would have been you. But you weren't. You're up on some cow farm in Alabama somewhere, barefooted, walking through cow patties. I was in my little class, and there she was. Her eyes were bigger than my ears. She had big eyes, dark raven hair. Woo! God, she was gorgeous. I found out she lived right next to the school. So when school would let out, I'd go hide behind the bushes between the school and her home. I know, a little freakish, ain't it? A little weird. Second grader stalking a girl. Well, I was raised really weird, so it's okay. And I'd, I'd peek through them bushes and I'd wait for her to come out in the front yard and do her calisthenics. She'd come out and she'd do her cartwheels and Oh, she was so beautiful. Oh, I'd say her name, but she might be watching. Now, nah, I done told her the story. And uh, I was in love with her. Oh, yeah. I want to tell you something. It don't matter where you go. You can go in the boardroom. God's watching you. He walks up to that door and he peeks through that little window because he just wants to get a glimpse of you because he's so in love. And I want to tell you, in case you don't know it, God is stalking you. 
Nicholas, God's got his eyes on you, buddy. Yes, he does. He was excited when you came into this place. He watched you everywhere as you go. But oh, pastor, you don't know my life. You don't know what I've done. I'm here to tell you. He might not hover over you while you're in the midst of your sin, but he's waiting for you to come out. He's waiting for you to show up again. He's waiting for the moment when he can peek through the bushes of your life. Look around the corner of your life because God is in love with you. I cannot imagine the heartbreak when Adam left him. I remember we was in high school. There's something wrong with the Kyle kids. I don't know. There's something wrong with us. My brother was in love with this girl. And uh, he found out she liked somebody else. He locked himself up in his room for three days. I'm like, Sam. Whoops. I got five brothers. I was going to leave that up to the world's imagination. I said, Sam. There is no girl worth it. Of course, I wasn't in love at the time. He didn't know about my Bush experience. I said, what's wrong with you, man? Are you crazy? Are you insane? You got to eat. You got to eat, Bo. You, you got to drink. You got to come out and leave me alone. Leave me alone. You know, all oh, y'all been there. Oh, Tyler shaking his head, no. Well, let me tell you something, Tyler. Mr. Stud. The day's coming. Unless you're really lucky and actually marry the first girl you fall in love with. Now, that don't happen often. Where was it? Oh, heartbreak. Yeah. Finally, we, you know... Uh, we got him out of there, hair all messed up, breath smelled like he'd been in there for three days, on to arm stunk, he just sat in that old room, he was a mess, we had to nurse him back there, can you, cause nobody listen to me, nobody can live love deeper than God, nobody loves deeper than God. Adam, Adam wasn't just somebody. God formed him with his own hands. He breathed his own breath into him. Adam was a special creation. His image. Oh, Adam, Adam. And we begin to see the distance. And I'm going to try to just push through this right now. We find God going from loving a man to loving a people. He calls Abraham out and he says, Abraham, I'm going to give you a seed. And so the people are born, the Israelites, they come forth, but sin gets worse. And now we find God loving a nation as Israel becomes a nation. Sin gets worse. Then we find God 
in John 3 and 16 where God so loved the that he gave his only begotten son but then Jesus showed up watch he's turning this thing around he went from a sinless man to from loving a sinless man to loving a sinless people I mean a people of sin to loving a nation of sin to loving a world of sin and now he comes back and he stands on a hill and he says oh Jerusalem oh Jerusalem how I would have taken you under my arms like a chick like a mother hen does her chicks from a world to a nation to a people he gathers in his 12 disciples and he brings them in close what is he doing he's turning this thing around he's trying to get it back where it was He loves her people. But as he walks, they drag a little adulterous woman out, throw her at his feet. He looks at her. Now it's just Jesus and her. His mind goes back to the day he breathed the breath of life into that woman. I've been watching you. I've been stalking you. I'm in love with you. I know that they come to condemn you, but I'm not here to condemn you. Go and sin no more. I'm here to love you. I'm here to help you. I am in love with you. He's walking down that street. And there's the old sycamore tree. He stops. He looks up there. He says, Zach, what's up? Zacchaeus, who was a short little tax collector, climbed that tree to see Jesus. Jesus stops. He said, Zach, I know everybody hates you. The Romans hate you. The Jews hate you. Everybody hates you. You're the old tax collector. He said, but Zacchaeus, I'm in love with you. I love you. But Lord, you don't know everything that I've done. I don't care. I've been watching you. I've been following you. There's some of you that are here today. You have felt the presence of God. You've said this more than once in the middle of your sin. You've laid your head down upon your bed. You watched God work in your life. And you laid your heads upon the pillow. And you said to yourself, that had to be God. God spared my life today. God helped me here today. And you weren't even serving him. But it didn't matter. He was following you. Because he's in love with you. He didn't pick just any old trail. He knew where Zach would be. He made his way so that that perfect tree could be there. So that Zach could climb that tree. So the Lord could look up and say, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I'm going to have supper with you in your, in your house today. Because I love you, Zach. Bible says he sold half his possessions, started paying everybody back. Because that's what happens when you reunite yourself with the true love of your life. 
<laughs> you stop cheating people. You stop lying. You stop sinning. You stop acting, walking, talking, dressing, eating, drinking, living like a sinner because you want to please your lover. It's no different than a husband and a wife. You want to please the love of your life. You dress to please them. You talk to please them. You walk to please them. You do everything to please them. You work to please them because you are in love with them. You want to bless them. You want to honor them. It's the same thing when you come to know God. Everything about you begins to change because now the only thing matters is I want to Love the one that loves me. I'm going to come. I'm going to come to a close. Music, you can come. I've got a lot there, but I think God said what he wants to say. Jesus made his way to one whose, one's house whose name the Bible says He sat down and no doubt that beautiful chair Simon had in his wealthy home. Partook of this wonderful meal presented to him by Simon. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly where she came from, but We know that she, she must have somehow heard that Jesus was in Simon's house. Because she took the time to go back to her home and to get this little bottle they call a tear bottle. And you study the history behind this. When she washed his feet with her tears, it was more than the tears of her eyes. She had gone and got the little device that many, 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 many Jews kept in their home. Very valuable, very sacred. And they called it a tear bottle. And what was collected in that bottle, Sister Kelly, was every time a major event took place, it was a death in the family. Government came and took their home because they couldn't make the payment. Whatever it might be, Walter, whatever, whatever it is that happened, whatever that came to pass, that was enough sorrow Elmoy, Elmoy. Am I close? Elmoy. Kamoy. I love you, Bo. Don't ever hit me. Because I will never get up. Big old guy right there. Kamoy. Kwashi, you should have whispered that to me when I was getting close. Every time an event would happen, Brother Green, they would, they would run to their house, a major event. Mom might be there. Grandmother might be there. It could be, it could be Paul. And they would collect a tear from the different family members or just their own. Maybe it was just an event that was taking place in their life. It was just them. 
And they would collect that little tear and it would roll down into that bottle and they would stuff that cork on top of that bottle and they would put it back on the shelf. Because in that bottle represented all their heartache, all their pain, all their sorrows. And when they would die, they would bring that little bottle with them so that they could go to the grave and take all of their pain and their sorrows with them. Jesus said in that chair, I don't know how far away Simon spotted her, but or how she even got through the guards or the servants, it's, it's just amazing. But somehow this little woman who was known as a harlot because Simon knew he said to himself if the Lord knew who this woman was this harlot he would not let her touch him. Simon, you got it all wrong. See, what you don't know, Simon, is he's been watching her all her life. He knew the exact details of every tear that was in that bottle. He knew what brought it there. she made her way into the house probably no doubt Simon didn't summon one of the servants or a guard or someone to grab that woman and thrust her out because he wanted the pleasure of seeing Jesus Christ condemn her Of seeing this righteous teacher call Jesus. Look at her and say, see her come close and get up out of his chair and back off and say, Don't you touch me, you foul, sinful woman. Somebody get this horrible person out of this building. How dare her let her become so close to me. Oh no. Oh no. Oh. I'm so thankful because this old boy was full of sin when I came to him. He led her crawl all the way up to his feet and with the hairs of her head and the tears of her eyes and if history is right the tears of those little bottles she began to pour on his feet 
And what Simon didn't know is that was one of the happiest days the Lord had spent on this planet. He said, Simon, you didn't offer me water when I came into your house. But this woman has not stopped washing my feet with her tears. You didn't offer me oil to anoint me, but she has anointed me with her tears. She washes my feet. You know why, Simon? Because the one who's forgiven the most loves the most. And what you don't understand, Simon, is I am here to find somebody that will love me. I have come to give all that I have to them if they will just respond and love me. To this day, the Bible says, all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. Let's stand, if you will. When one person makes that step in the direction of God. He said, you draw nigh to me and I'll I'll draw nigh to you. He died for a while, but he's looking for you. He's watched you. He watched you get in your car today. He knew you'd been invited, but it was still up to you to come. He followed you. Satan didn't want you to come. He, he tried a few things, but God just moved the obstacles out of the way, and here you are. It's like he's standing down at that altar and his bride comes walking through the door. He's so excited. He's wondering right now will you let him breathe the breath of life into you. You knew God loved Adam because 
the Lord says that he gave him power and dominion over everything. You don't relinquish authority and power and trust unless you love. Every eye closed, every mind on the Lord. I wonder, I hope, I pray. I know the Lord does. Can't you feel Him? Can't you feel Him calling? He's so excited you're here. wonder if you just step out from where you are and and I understand sometimes the intimidation, the fear I understand that but maybe you came with a friend you can invite them to come with you just step out from where you are and just make your way down just to tell him I love you Jesus I love you Jesus I love you I love you. I love you. It doesn't matter what what you may have been going through, what you may have been doing. He's been watching you. He's gone everywhere you've gone. He saw you. He saw you in the alley. He he saw you in that ballroom. He, he saw you when you thought no one was looking. He, he saw you because he's been watching you. But he's not here to condemn you. He's in love with you. He saw that woman every time she went into her home with a man that was not her husband. He saw her. He felt her pain, her shame, her anguish. But when he sat in Simon's house, he wasn't excited about Simon being there. He was excited because that little woman was going to make her way. And he would be able to tell her how much he loves her and how he forgives her. And that's what he's come to do here today. He's made a long journey. He's gone from loving a world to loving a nation. From loving a nation to loving a people. From loving a people to coming here today to love you. He's finally got close enough to you. He's finally broken the barrier of the world, broken the barrier of a nation, broken the barrier of a crowd. She broke through the crowd. She touched the hem of his garment. The Bible says he stopped. He turned. He said, who touched me? Why did he do that? 
Lord, the crowd is thronging you. I'm not worried about the crowd. I'm not here for the crowd. I'm here for the one that touched me. I'm here for the one that came and washed my feet. I'm here for the one that climbed the tree. I'm here for the blind one that cried my name out. I'm here for the one, the one, the one, the one at the well, the one, the one, the one. He preached to crowds. He loved individuals. I wonder if you'll reach out to him right now. I wonder if you'll come, sir, ma'am. I can't tell you how much he loves you. I can't express to you. When he breathed that breath of life, and you took your first breath upon this earth, he's never stopped following you. He's never stopped watching you. He loves you. He's in love with you. He's reaching for you. He's come by here today, not for the crowd. He's come here today for you. For you. And he said, if you'll reach for me, if you'll reach out to me, I'll reach back to you. If you'll reach out for me, I'll reach back to you. If you'll touch me, I'll touch you. I'm here. I've come a long ways to get here. I've followed you for years. But now here we are. Call out to him, will you? Will you tell him you love him? Will you call out to him? Will you reach for him? Church, help us pray. Help us pray. Maybe you're near someone and maybe you could just say, let's go pray together. You say, but I know him. I understand that. The world knew him. The nation of Israel knew him. The people knew him. But the difference is when you love him and you let him love you back. When you touch him and he touches you back. When you hold him and he holds you back. That's the difference. It's not about religion. It's not about a group of people. It's about you and Him. Why don't you get a hold of Him right now? Why don't you reach out to Him right now? You know my name. He wants to know you better.